Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Houck, and today's episode, we are chatting all about hormones. But first, I want to tell you guys all about this badass coffee that I'm drinking on. It is 5.30 in the morning. I've already crushed cardio, and this coffee from Forsomatic is the way that I get all of my shit done, guys. I rock the mommy life, the business life, the professional athlete life, the podcast life thanks to a coffee that just makes me feel incredible. So it's a nootropic coffee, which what it essentially does is works within the brain to get things on fire without the crash that you would typically get from caffeine. So Forsomatic makes their coffee using mushrooms, which is something that monks have used for concentration for many, many years. So there's tons of research and science behind mushrooms, but really they haven't hit the mainstream until recently. And I, I really couldn't believe it until I tried it. I had heard that like so many other people had been trying this coffee and I was like, oh, it's mushroom coffee. Come on. It can't be anything all that wonderful. And honestly, since introducing it into my life, I cannot believe the amount of crap that I get done and how good I sleep. I wake up rested and I'm just like, ready to crush the morning. So before my little toddler gets up, I'm able to power through a whole bunch of crap and and I really do have Forsomatic to thank for that. So Forsomatic has linked arms with me and has been generous enough to support the podcast. And they've actually been generous enough to give me a code so that you guys can go and try it as well. So if you wanna head on over to Forsomatic.com, I will put the link in the show notes so that you guys know where to go. And then if you use the discount code ANGEHAUK, that's A-N-G-E-H-A-U-C-K, they will give you 10% off of your order. And the one that I'm super duper obsessed with right now is the Lion's Mane and Chaga, which is the one that I use for productivity absolutely every day. All right. So. Today, we are chatting all about hormones, like I said, with Dr. Michelle Paris, and you guys are gonna absolutely love this interview. We talk all about how to get your period back, how to increase your libido, which is something I know I've talked about in the past, but coming off a contest prep, getting that sex drive back is something that you gotta work on, and it's something that's certainly a priority if you're in a relationship. We talk about strategies for dealing with painful periods, talk about how you should change your training depending on what time of the month it is and how women can essentially work with their cycles and become in tune with their cycles to really help maximize the results that they're seeing with their training. We talk about optimizing hormonal health, what we should be eating, what we shouldn't be eating, and how that can have a role on your hormones. And guys, just so much more. This is a badass episode. Michelle is one incredible woman, so much insight. You guys are gonna absolutely love this conversation. So enough from me, let's get into it. So Dr. Michelle Paris is a naturopathic doctor who teaches women of all ages and life stages how to listen to their bodies and tune into the wisdom inside. She helps women create a life that feels good to live with energy and passion that has long been forgotten. Her clinical focus is on women and children, hormone health, and digestion. Michelle is passionate about giving and facilitating talks about wellness, mindfulness, and living our best life. 
When she's not working, you'll find Michelle sipping on bulletproof coffee and hanging out with her tribe, which includes her super cool husband, her two young kids, and a few goofy pets. So welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Excellent. So why don't you tell our audience who you are and how you got into naturopathic medicine? Yeah, sure. So I am a naturopathic doctor. I practice in Oakville, Ontario, and I just in this last year opened my own clinic called the Poppy Clinic. And my passion for holistic health and naturopathic medicine came from my own journey. I was in my undergrad. I was doing getting my kinesiology degree and I was planning on becoming a physiotherapist and I was working at a physio clinic actually and I didn't feel unwell. Like I didn't have one of those stories where I was chronically ill and I was healed, but I'm I'm assuming the massage therapist there really picked up on my energy and I probably realized I was more stressed or fatigued than I should have been for a young girl in my 20s. And she had sent me to a master herbalist, actually. And I went and saw this herbalist and she put me on a like an elimination diet and Chinese herbs and my life and my health was transformed in a week. It was just like, I couldn't believe the energy that I had and the mental clarity and just a new zest on life. And I was like, I need to know more about this. So I started shifting gears. And at that point too, I was considering medicine. So I was, you know, prepping to write an MCAT and Instead, I looked at other options and discovered naturopathic medicine in in my search and looked at the curriculum and just thought, this is where I need to be. And, you know, I never looked back. I graduated in, I think, December from my kinesiology degree and started in January and just absolutely loved everything to do with naturopathic medicine. And yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. And now I'm 10 years into practice in Oakville and I have my own clinic and I work with a wonderful team of women. And I just, it's a really inspiring place to be. And and now my focus is growing to a little more community health. And I, I just absolutely love everything about it. Very grateful. Now, for my audience, we have quite a few women, and we have quite a few women who also have troubles with their hormones. So that's kind of where I want to dive pretty deep into with today's conversation. So the first question that I have for you is, I have lots of fitness competitors. I'm also a fitness competitor, and a lot of them lose their periods, and that's something that a lot of the audience was asking me to ask you. So what are some strategies to try to get your period back if it's something that uh, you currently don't have? Yeah, I mean, you really need to look at body fat percentage. So often I find for women who do not have a period, their body fat is too low and therefore cholesterol is too low and they're not able to produce the correct sex hormones or their body is too stressed and too elevated in cortisol. So you really need to look at the whole person and understand really what the reason would be. Often it's, we actually have to help work on fat intake and cholesterol production to help get those healthy hormones back. Okay, so somebody who's maybe at a low body fat percentage, we increase their calories, we add some more fats back into their body or into their current diet is there anything else that you would suggest that they try yeah so in that and as you're saying that I think of other things of course there are a lot of great herbs that can help bring back the 
rhythm of a menstrual cycle for women. So if you're not uh, menstruating currently, you can use the moon cycle. So the new moon is typically ovulate, no, is menstruation and ovulation is at the full moon. And you can actually use things like flax seeds and pumpkin seeds to bring back to some seeds are more estrogenic in nature and some are more progesterogenic in nature and certain herbs have the same thing. So when you're looking at trying to help a woman bring her period back, you're trying to create a rhythm for her again. So you're upping her fat so that her body can start making more cholesterol and producing her own natural hormones. And then what you can do is support a natural rhythm by using the moon cycle and then using certain nuts, uh, sorry, seeds in her diet, as well as using certain herbs. So black cohosh, for example, is more estrogenic in nature. So you can use that in the first half of the cycle. And then in the second half, you can use herbs such as chase tree to help elevate a woman's progesterone. And through honoring a 28-day cycle with really focused nutrition and botanicals, you can really help that woman start having a natural rhythm again. Mm-hmm. What about exercise? Do you ever play around with reduction in exercise to help with that too? I don't. Do you have an example that would help me understand what you, what kind of exercise you would be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So often what happens with fitness competitors that I see is their body is so stressed out from all of the exercise that they might be training anywhere from three to four hours a day and they might have been pushing at that high intensity for anywhere from four to six months so significantly reducing the amount of stress from exercise I've found to be really helpful in in that department and I wasn't sure if maybe the women that you've seen in practice that was something that seems to be helpful for them as well or if if there was even research to support that I'm not sure absolutely there is so you bring up a really good point most of my patients are not high performance training athletes so most of my patients have really heavy periods from estrogen dominance or other reasons but absolutely there is really good literature in supporting when a body is really stressed and cortisol is either too high or too low is is becomes an an additional stressor to the body and so down regulating and, and it has to do I think the research more supports the duration than it does the intensity of exercise so you can have a really intense exercise regime but if you are stressed and definitely if you do not have a period you really do need to stop at the 30 minute mark which is probably a very inconvenient truth for a lot of people in your world now that's that's fantastic, Michelle. Thanks for shedding light on that. Now, what about trying to increase your libido? Me, I actually just competed two weeks ago. So this is something that is like right in the forefront of my mind. But my fiance is saying like, come on, when are you going to be horny again? So I'm just curious. Are there things that we can do to increase our libido coming off of something like that? Yeah, and I imagine. (laughs) So that is something I see in my practice daily. This is a concern for women, especially after you've had children and you've gone through major hormonal fluxes or you've done the kind of training that you have done. Your body is probably very stressed and pushed to the max. And what we find is when the adrenal glands are producing a lot of cortisol. What can be lowered as a result is the, another hormone, DHEA, which is a precursor for testosterone levels. So I don't know if you've ever done a hormone check, but 
often women with lower libidos have either low testosterone or low estrogen. So we try and really help women, one, reduce their stress because it's it's so, it gets in the way, especially when it comes to libido for women. But there are certain things that you can do to increase it. So if it is identified that you have a low testosterone level, then using herbs like tribulus can be incredibly helpful for a woman. Using maca root powder, have you ever used that before or heard that? I've heard of it, but I haven't used it personally. Yeah, so you can add a teaspoon of that into your smoothie every day, and that can be a really great adrenal tonifier as well as work very well to increase libido. I've had really good results with consistent use of maca, but I I do know that pressure on women and you are your mom and you've trained like that. So I mean, that's an incredible amount of responsibility and a lot on your body. So really honing in on lowering stress levels. Like one thing I found that was really helpful was like using sensory deprivation. Have you, have you ever floated before? No. Oh my gosh, you should go for a float. <laughs> what is this? Oh, it sounds so cool. <laughs> they are these little float clinics and you can find them all around Toronto or GTA and you go and you float in a little like pod and the water has like 800 pounds of magnesium sulfate in it. So Epsom oh, wow. salt. Yeah. So you're floating in it and you can actually take it to the next level and deprive yourself of all senses. So there's no sound, light, not sense nothing and you just disconnect for an hour and I found personally that was the first time where I was like oh my gosh I think my libido is bouncing back like I literally think cortisol was so getting in the way that depriving myself of senses and resetting my adrenal function I was like okay there we go so if you are stressed and I'm sure the the level of of intensity of training and the stress your, your body has endured, you might want to turn it up with not with like regular meditation or gratitude or proper sleep schedules. And then things like, you know, biohacking strategies like floating might be a really good strategy. But maca and tribulus are, are also really great strategies as well. Very cool. I'm totally going to check that out. That is amazing with the floating. I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, you have to try it. I go every month now as like a personal self-care strategy. Ah, you're going to have to tell us where to go for something like that. I want to put that in the show notes for sure. I sure can. Cool. Sounds good. Now, I got some people who have really painful periods. Do you got any tips for those kind of women? Yeah. Often women who are suffering with painful periods, two things I look at. If you have any kind of symptoms of PMS, ranging from bloating, cramping, breast tenderness, pain, discomfort, cravings, you really need to look at your estrogen to progesterone balance. So most women who suffer with PMS have, uh, they're more dominant in estrogen, and they tend to be deficient in progesterone. And so using certain things such as uh, chase tree can really help alleviate a woman's likelihood to having PMS. Other agents that can be helpful is if you identify through more functional testing, if you have estrogen dominance, then you can be using things like cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cabbage. Those are really high in indole-3-carbonyl 
I3C and uh, you can take that as a supplement as well. And taking that regularly and just supporting estrogen detoxification can also help balance your estrogen to progesterone ratio. Cramping also or pain due from cramping also can be a magnesium deficiency. So often I'll have women just to be very mindful of when that PMS period is coming, uh, if they know their period is going to start in a day or two, to start up regulating their magnesium and just take it more consistently. And then I'll actually use it throughout the day, whatever day is most painful for you. Most most women, it's day one or day two. They can just take magnesium more regularly throughout the day to help downregulate that pain response. But it often is a sign of magnesium deficiency. Another thing to consider is pain can also be due to prostaglandin releases. So to a naturopathic doctor that makes us think there is probably a lot of inflammation and therefore we really need to talk about diet and what we can do to lower a woman's inflammation so that again too she doesn't suffer from PMS. I had one woman who has endometriosis and I just spoke to her yesterday and she was saying that we we'd offered a, a no sugar detox at the clinic and after five days of eliminating sugar, <laughs> she had the first period without any discomfort that she'd had in years. Mm. So these things make a significant difference. And that's why you can't just look at a woman's menstrual cycle and her hormones. You have to also look at is, is there inflammation and prostaglandin release? Is she magnesium deficient? And so you try and treat the individual and hear what they're saying and, and address the root cause. But those are some really common reasons a woman would have painful periods. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody wants to get their hormones tested and find out if they're kind of out of whack with their hormones, would they come to a clinic like yours or where would they go? Yeah, absolutely. So you would often speak to a naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor, and we offer more integrative functional tests. So often, especially with hormones, blood is not the best indicator of hormone balance or what's actually going on with your body. So when you use a more functional test like saliva or urine, you're going to see a bigger part of the picture. You're going to see active hormone. So when you're looking at blood, you're not you're not seeing the whole true picture. So a lot of hormone in blood is bound to an enzyme and rendered inactive. So it's, you're not getting the actual true picture of what's going on with someone's hormones. So when you use saliva or urine, you're actually seeing active hormone. And then when you're using urine, you're seeing active hormone and it's metabolites. So you're actually able to see how your liver is processing these hormones and what else could be going on. And so when you have a functional assessment of your hormones, then you have this really beautiful clarity about you know, a more comprehensive individualized approach. There's some generalities that you can say with women and hormonal imbalance, but that's what I find so fascinating about doing lots of functional testing is that some women will just shock you and it's not at all what you thought was going on, even though they may be explaining their symptoms very similar to someone else in your practice who has, you know, your typical estrogen dominance, low progesterone. Some of these women will have really elevated testosterone levels and that's what's getting in the way. And so having a more functional assessment just provides this clarity and really 
helps focus in on the correct approach for that woman so that she gets results a little bit more quickly because hormones they're all interconnected and you can't just isolate one thing and I have tried that for women like just running a progesterone test in blood and treating on that number and then you see this cascade of side effects so it really is important if it's something that interests you and is high priority you should really run these functional tests it just provides so much clarity and then there's no guessing you know your your treatment plan plan can be really customized and you just get really fabulous results much more quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, are there any things that would be across the board that if somebody wants to optimize their hormonal health, like they would be more of like a universal strategy or would it be that it's very unique to every individual? When you're looking to really So the simple answer is there probably is some strategies that you're going to help a huge amount of people improve. And I would say, you know, working on an anti-inflammatory diet and eating really clean and supporting somebody's liver function or their detoxification, then you're probably going to help a lot of people feel better. But when it comes to really understanding what is unique to that individual and what symptoms they're experiencing, I find you end up going back and and running and running tests because like I said, things can present very similarly and progesterone deficiencies can look similar to another hormonal deficiency. And so you can get a little confusing and, or it will lack clarity. And so having a test can really help provide some clarity for people. So certainly if testing wasn't affordable or just wasn't an option for certain individuals, there are definitely some things that we could do in terms of diet and liver support that would help optimize a woman's hormones and her ability to detox them. But when you're really looking at an individual, you you may end up running some tests. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned nutrition and hormonal health. So let's just talk a little bit about the way in which somebody would want to structure their nutrition, maybe the foods to include or the foods to avoid that are going to really set up their hormones for success. Yeah, certainly. So I'm a really big fan of intermittent fasting. Do you do a lot of intermittent fasting? I do, and I'm a big advocate of, for it as well, which is interesting because I didn't, I didn't know that you were an advocate for it or really were uh, so supportive of it. So that's cool, Michelle. Yeah, I, I'm a really, really big fan of intermittent fasting, and from a hormonal perspective, it makes a whole lot of sense to me to be adopting that if, if it makes sense to your life. And, it, you know, there's certain populations, like if you're breastfeeding or pregnant, I don't recommend it. But for, for most people, I think it's a wonderful, inexpensive strategy to start promoting some hormonal balance. So I really do like have periods of fasting for individuals with hormonal imbalance, just because it has that nice anti-inflammatory effect. It has growth hormone promotion, and it helps lower cortisol and insulin. So right from there, you start actually actually modulating your hormones with a very simple strategy. I think where a lot of us women get it wrong or what we could be doing better, let's say, is really helping up our leafy greens and, you know, even juicing greens just for the antioxidant support, but fiber. We are really deficient in fiber. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of people will be aware of detox strategies or be taking, you know, detox herbs or whatever, and not be supporting their body with adequate fiber to help eliminate hormones from the body. 
And so uh, I think historically, when we look at like paleo diets, those individuals were eating like 50 to 100 grams of fiber a day. And the average American gets, uh, the recommendation for the average American is 30 grams. And I think the average American gets 15 grams. And those mm-hmm. are American, not Canadian, but we're very similar. So we're grossly deficient in fiber, which puts us at higher risk of hormonal imbalance. I find a lot of women uh, are really not great at getting adequate protein and that destabilizes their insulin and that spikes their cortisol, their stress hormone. And so they end up more stressed than they should be. And when your blood sugars drop because you're dysregulated, then you are grabbing for carbohydrates because it's a physiological need. You're just craving blood sugar balance. So uh, those women who crash in the afternoon or they get home from work and they are just stuffing their face with whatever they can find, those women's blood sugars are way too low and they're typically not eating enough protein. Um, And then I like things like flax seeds for uh, their really powerful phytoestrogens. So they provide lignans, which are really breast protective and they um, have a nice effect on balancing out estrogen levels. So having, you know, two tablespoons of that every day can be very helpful for a a woman with estrogen dominance with like breast tenderness or really painful or heavy periods. Uh, And then cruciferous vegetables. So really upping your intake of the the brassica family, the cauliflowers, the broccoli, the uh, cabbage and Brussels sprouts really impact a woman's uh, hormonal health and and support that estrogen and progesterone. As women, we diet is important, but environment matters so much. The reason why the typical pattern uh, for women is having high estrogen and low progesterone is because we are exposed to so many environmental estrogens or xenoestrogens from plastics, cosmetics, our hormones and and meat you name it, it it really puts us at higher risk of this imbalance. And it's in that imbalance that creates a lot of um, discomfort for women or much more, like a lot more symptoms. So um, always making a conscious effort to not only eat a diet that helps support hormonal health, but making sure you're not using plastics and uh, certain things that will also alter your food or your hormonal balance. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned to the sugar detox diet that you run in your clinic. So what does that all entail? Yeah, so we went hardcore this year. We did it as a team uh, and we offered it for free. And we're going to do that every year in January or February. So uh, if anyone ever wants to do that with us, it's it's really uh fantastic intervention and it's our nutritionist that put the meal plan together but we 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 went a little more hardcore we didn't allow for any sugar of any kind so not even naturally sweetened products so it was um you know drinking smoothies that weren't sweetened with anything or just making sure that your diet was free of um all sugar actually so um the meals were fantastic and uh and there was smoothies and then there was also fat bombs so if anyone was craving a sweet at the end of the day kind of tricked their brain into thinking they were getting something dessert like but i felt fantastic i actually ended up continuing it for four weeks because i was it was just you realize even though you don't eat a refined diet, you still get quite a bit of sugar from naturally sweetened. And I'm so blood sugar and and sugar sensitive that um, with a little bit of exposure, it just creates this sugar monster in me, right? So it was a really nice reset. And just to see how that can impact your hormonal health too, and have happy periods where you're symptom free. I mean, 
a lot, a lot of people know this, but PMS is, is common, but it's not normal. You shouldn't have any PMS symptoms. Mm -hmm. and, and if you do, then that is a reason to start investigating, looking at your diet or, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, looking at some functional tests to see why it is that you are experiencing those symptoms. But yeah, the no sugar detox was, um, it was just clean eating. There was no supplements recommended. It was really just focused on, on like whole foods, you know, cooking with those foods using organic wherever possible and uh just just really focus on keeping it simple and just getting rid of the processed sugars but even using we weren't even using naturally sweetened products so we eliminated all sugar just to see what that would do for individuals and the feedback was amazing mm -hmm. and that, can people do that online then in terms of getting the resources from you michelle if that's something that they want to participate with yeah, so it's through the clinic, and um, our nutritionist can hook anybody up who's looking to do that, and then we offer it for free once a year, and again, she runs it, so anything on the Poppy Clinic, and soon there'll be an online store there where people will be able to even purchase it. Amazing. I love it. That's fantastic. Now, we do have lots of female lifters in the audience, and they were reaching out to me on social media and wanted me to ask you... Could you explain um, how the menstrual cycle and hormones affect training throughout the month? So, for example, sometimes women feel really clumsy certain days of the month or they feel really weak when they're doing their training throughout the month. Or just It seems to vary quite a bit. For those that are training quite frequently, they're able to identify that. So would you be able to bring some light to what's going on with that and what's going on with hormones that's affecting those for women? I love this question. What an intuitive question your audience has. Um, this is what's so amazing about women. And I think when you learn this information, it can actually help you continue to have personal best because then you start to understand the beauty of a, of a menstrual cycle. So where we are uniquely different from a man is uh, how our hormones function. So in men, it's really a 24 hour reset. So, you know, what they have every day is, is all they have and then move on to the next day. With women, because of our cyclical nature, of the menstrual cycle, we, we work on a 28 day cycle. Um, and so learning to honor that, to understand how you can best use your body and when to focus on getting new peaks and when to let your body rest is really understanding how your menstrual cycle works. So with this 28 day cycle, there are times where you really should be resting and not pushing it. And that's probably where women are finding that they're more clumsy. So when they're menstruating, that's really a time if women do not feel like exercising, they shouldn't. And if they do, it should be very light. And then as we go to peak towards ovulation, which is day 12 in your menstrual cycle, that's really um, when you want to be pushing your body and getting those new personal bests. Like really, you have the, the vitality to push that. Um, I have a women's group called Rebel Tribe, and we teach this in the very first class. And I love this because watching women's brains just be like, oh, my gosh, like I talk about it more from uh, like a career perspective. So 
uh, women should be like resting during menstruation. And then once menstruation is done, that's when you're most creative or you're generating. So if you look at from your perspective, you know, it's probably a good time to start building up towards like a peak workout. And then as you hit ovulation, what I tell women is that's when you should be pitching ideas. So if uh, my preference to public speak is when I'm ovulating, because I, it's when we are in our menstrual cycle, most able to best perform. So in your world, that would probably be where you really want to be pushing yourself in that peak performance. And then as you come closer to going back to menstruation, you want to start down regulating and slowing down. So there is a cyclical nature and it is hormonal. And I think it's really phenomenal. And when women learn this wisdom about their body, they get new gains, they honor it and they know where they're at and they customize either their work schedule or you could your training schedule with the fact that you're a menstruating woman with a 28 day cycle and you just need to honor the wisdom of that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, I love it. I, I totally, totally love it. And I've read a couple books about this specifically. And I think it's absolutely amazing when you stop and you do adjust your training accordingly, how amazing you can feel and how empowered you feel with the way in which you're approaching it because if not you can feel as though you're failing you you go in and you feel as though well I did this weight last week so why am I not able to add more weight to the bar but realizing and recognizing that it makes sense that you can't this particular week versus seeing that as a failure is just a great perspective I think for a lot of people in my world and then also for myself I I love that. With knowing that information, have you structured the way you do exercise or train? Yes. And, and you different? Yeah, absolutely. And even the way I structure my macros in terms of nutrition for the month, I've seen amazing differences in that as well. So in working with my coach, having a conversation about that and saying that these are the weeks in which I think we can handle being deeper into a deficit. And these are the weeks in which I, I think we can handle being higher in terms of calories and then syncing that up with the training. Both of those components can make a massive difference in terms of even the amount of progress you make within a four week because you're really just working in alignment with your body versus working against it. Yeah, it's so well put. Like you really just have to honor because if you compare yourself to a man, you're right, you're going to feel frustration because they may be able to have consistent pushes on a day to day basis because their hormones are different than ours. So it's such a brilliant way of looking at it and, and really understanding just yeah, honoring the body. It's, mm-hmm. it's so brilliant. I've had women in my health group that have said that they've had like personal best even with their career with honoring where they're supposed to be at in their menstrual cycle. So it's this really brilliant way to learn. Uh, there's this wonderful app called my flow. Have you heard of it? No, what's it all about? It's about understanding the menstrual cycle and and what you should be eating and what exercises are a great idea and what you know what sort of activities you should be engaging in 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 that part of your cycle very cool and then would you just put in your information and it would sync it up with your cycle naturally yeah and then you can actually set um 
alerts. So it will let you know when you're ovulating or uh, when you're in your follicular phase or your luteal phase and what sort of things. So you can actually have your phone alert you so that you can be like, oh, right, okay, I'm here. And these are the foods that I should be eating. And this is the rest I should be getting. And this is these are the activities I should be engaging in. It's very helpful, very empowering. And you really can customize it. You can fill in your symptoms so that you really have a great understanding of your body. Hmm. That, that's so interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Great. Love that. Excellent. So what about natural medicine or supplements to help with hormonal imbalances? Big question. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. so many options available. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, several things that I really do with the women in my practice. Like we offer IV vitamin therapy. So um, have you ever been for one? No. Oh my gosh, they're fantastic. I had one before our conversation today. Uh, So I feel good right now. But um, if someone is really stressed or has adrenal fatigue, so their cortisol is really dysregulated and they have disruptive sleep or they're training as hard as you are, um, then using IV vitamin therapy can be one way to nourish your adrenal glands. um, And your adrenals are what secrete your stress hormone cortisol so that it can help heal your adrenals with... um, or support the healing of them or nourishment of them by injecting uh, vitamins. And when you inject them intravenously, you get 100%, 80 to 100% absorption versus relying on your digestion. So, you know, it's one way, something for you to consider. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's cool. And then how do you, do you, like when you go to get the vitamins, do, how do they know which vitamins to pump you with? Or how do you know which ones to get? Or is it just kind of like, you go in and you say your symptoms or how does that work? Yeah. yeah. So they're usually at most clinics, there's like a cocktail, like you can pick the adrenal formula, you can pick the immune formula. Um, but if you are working with a naturopathic doctor, then it can be completely customized to what's going on with you. So if I knew someone had uh, adrenal fatigue or they were really stressed and they are also suffering from low thyroid function, then I would customize that bag to support their adrenal glands. So I put more vitamin C in it, but I would also make sure that there was uh, adequate amounts of zinc and selenium in there to support their thyroid function. Or if someone really need, they're really estrogen dominant and they don't detoxify very well, then you could actually add a little extra glutathione to help support phase two liver detoxification. So you really can get very specific on what's going on with the individual if you're working with a naturopathic doctor, but you can also just pick a cocktail. There's a number of ways that you can start using IV vitamins to optimize your health and optimize your performance. So that's one strategy I use. I also, in my clinic, use bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Have you heard of that before? I've heard of it, but again, haven't, uh, yeah, haven't personally used it. Yeah. So that can be really a wonderful intervention if um, there's some, an incredible amount of hormonal imbalance going on, um, or if a woman is going through perimenopause or menopause and their hormones are shifting, um, and they need the extra support. So those are identical to our own hormones and they can be a wonderful solution with uh, low thyroid function or progesterone deficiency. Or if a woman is in menopause, then you can you know, use both estrogen and progesterone to help create some hormonal balance. Um, so that can be a really nice intervention. And then uh, we talk a lot about diet and supplements. So there's thyroid support, there's adrenal support. Uh, if someone has elevated 
cortisol levels, so they're really stressed, then there are certain things like rhodiola or ashwagandha that can really help lower or support your adrenal function. And then if people are really exhausted, so it's called adrenal exhaustion or adrenal fatigue stage three, uh, depending on what resource you look at, uh, and they, they don't produce enough cortisol to handle the stress of their day, then we use things like glandular products. So um, similar to a bioidentical, you're using hormone from an animal to help create spikes for you. So it depends on where someone's at in their healing journey, but there is uh, so many options. Uh, and that's what I love about naturopathic medicine is that it's so customizable and can be individualized. There's no one size fits all approach. So depending on what's going on with that woman, uh, we usually do definitely focus on diet, definitely focus on detoxification and then, um, customize their plan based on what their needs are. Mm, I love it. I feel like I need to come to your clinic and get one of these IV things. That sounds amazing. On yeah. Oh, amazing. Cool. Now, what about gut health? Do you think that gut health is interconnected or contributing to the hormonal issues that people may be experiencing? Absolutely. So, and that's probably why when you asked if there are certain general things that people could do to um, balance the hormones, if you if you get on a good gut healing program, uh, you're probably going to help your hormones uh, indirectly. So because of, um, one, the types of foods that you're taking in, but you have to think about how digestion works too. Like, so the microbiome, all those bacteria, uh, and bugs that live in our gut, a lot of them are responsible for hormone and, and neurotransmitter production. So they're directly impacting our hormonal health. If an individual has a lot of inflammation due to what they're eating, then that inflammation is going to stress the body and it's going to affect how your hormones are produced. If someone's digestion is really sluggish and they're more constipated, then they're probably not eliminating hormones very well. And those hormones are being reabsorbed and wreaking havoc on your body. So, and low stomach acid and not being able to digest your food appropriately is going to leave you vitamin and amino acid deficient. And therefore you're not going to be able to produce hormones. So in every way, I do think gut health influences your hormonal balance and you can never usually just look at one thing. And you honestly don't get the same kind of results if you're not focusing on the gut health as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what about a probiotic supplement? Is there something in particular that people should be looking for when they're selecting a probiotic? I mean, for me, what I really like to focus on with a probiotic is that it's multi-strain. And the reason I say that is because it mimics fermented foods and really what the use of probiotics are in terms of supplementation was to help augment the fact that we are not taking in fermented foods like we once did. So focusing on more of a multi-strain, I think for general, it is going to cover your basis. And then, you know, if women are suffering with bacterial vaginosis or yeast infections, then there are certain supplements that you want to use in the vaginal tract that are more acidic in nature that will help balance out their vaginal flora and then also instinctively help with their hormonal balance. Um, and then there are times like in pregnancy where I like to use, I still use a multi-strain, but I just make sure that it has, um, lactobacillus rhamnosus in it because it transfer to baby is super helpful and very effective at building their microbiome. Amazing. Yeah. 
Very, very cool. Now, are there any other lifestyle things that people should take into consideration when trying to handle their hormones or optimize their hormone health? Yeah, the biggest thing is to start working with lowering stress levels. Uh, I think that's probably the most important thing that we could be doing. So uh, really honoring sleep cycles and circadian rhythms, I think is one of the most important things that we could be doing for our hormonal health. Um, So going to bed at the same time every night, our body loves rituals. It loves predictability. So when you are not giving that to your body, your body gets very confused and it doesn't work with you. So being very routine oriented is very good for your hormonal health. Uh, Making sure that you're waking up rested is a really good sign to ensure that your cortisol levels are balanced. Uh, For women, it's all about, um, you know, speaking their truth and listening to their body and making sure they're not overworking. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of and read a lot about cortisol dysregulation being a little bit more of a problem in women because if, especially if they go to work all day and then they come home and they have uh, home responsibilities, they get really interesting cortisol spikes at nighttime that really impact their, it impacts their health. It, 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 the cortisol um, makes it so that you can't sleep as restfully. It destabilizes your insulin. It puts you at a higher likelihood of uh, gaining weight, not being able to lose it. Um, So, yeah, and then I think you have to be very careful about environmental exposures to hormones. So really being careful about uh, eating organic whenever possible, especially um, animal protein and uh, looking at your cosmetics and um, plastic exposure and making sure that you're reducing that as much as possible. You know, in my practice, it's not precocious puberty or when you get your period when you're as young as eight is not uncommon anymore because of the estrogen exposure, the xenoestrogen or synthetic estrogens in our environment are really shifting a woman's hormone balance. And so when you have too high of estrogen or your body's too stressed, it really is going to wreak hormonal havoc and it's going to affect your thyroid function and lower your progesterone and you're going to see a lot more anxiety and depression and uh, major imbalances. So yeah, um, really take an honest inventory on stress and sleeping and doing meditation or whatever it is or floating, whatever it is Mm -hmm. that helps lower your stress is going to be huge. And then really looking at your environment and making sure that you're not getting uh, hormones in from any other are reducing it as much as possible. It's pretty hard. It's so prevalent in our environment. But as women, we have to be very careful about what we put on and in our body because it is going to influence our hormonal production. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I know you have a, a couple of really cool things that you are doing in your world, Michelle. So I do want to spend some time talking about those. I know we got the clinic, but we also have the Rebel Tribe. So what's that all about? Uh, it's my passion project. I, I am lit up about it. So I'm ha- thank you for asking me about it. Um, you know, a year ago, I became really aware of the importance of community and how it pertains to our health. And it was something that was birthed from the idea that to really help my patients thrive, I, I needed to incorporate community as a part of their treatment plan. And so Rebel Tribe is a community of women and we meet monthly and there is a subject every single month that we talk about. So anywhere from understanding our hormones to breast health, to vaginal health, to digestion, uh, detoxification, stress, 
and we sit in a circle and we talk and I present literature and clinical findings or my expertise, whatever that slend, um, whatever I have, I have to offer. And I created a community so that women who on their health journey felt isolated because not everybody speaks their language or thinks the way they do in their world. Uh, a lot of women making these changes feel lonely. And so creating a community helped bridge that for them or realize that they're not the only ones out there going through these shifts. Um, and, you know, I think historically women, or I know historically women spent a lot more time in a village or a tribe. They relied on each other. There was a lot of wisdom in that. And, you know, increasingly we are more isolated and, um, you know, have to be cautious with that. We use social media in terms of feeling connected to people because it's not true connection. And so being able to provide a uh, setting where women could look eye to eye and learn from each other has just been incredibly inspiring. So yeah, it's, it's a women's group. It's a membership group. We meet once a month for 10 months and I'm eight months into the original one and the bonds that are happening and the risks that women are taking and the new, the changes they're going through. You really see how the use of community can optimize a woman's health because she truly feels connected and empowered. And it's a really important I think, piece of the pie when we talk about women's health. And you guys meet in Oakville? We do, but I want I want to take it online and I want to have chapters elsewhere because the demand is there. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say is that would be super cool if you were able to expand and have that in multiple cities. Oh my goodness. I'm on it. It, it, because I've seen the transformation and the passion that the women feel for Rebel Tribe, it feels so much bigger than me. It's just a really cool project, but... Uh, when it pertains to women's health, I think it's impacting. It's having a really positive impact for these women in terms of um, also understanding their body. It's a curriculum they've never been taught before. And then the interventions are mostly, well, pretty much all holistic. Uh, we talk about other options if, if necessary, but you know, it's a different way of learning your body and knowing that different options are out there. It's incredibly empowering. And then working in a group of women, I mean, now that they're bonded, it's, it's a really fun time. There's a lot of laughter and a lot of love. And, you know, those are really important when we talk about health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, where did the name come from? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I guess I, have always been a bit of a rebel and I love it that's awesome <laughs> and I think I owned it until very recently it wasn't celebrated in uh, my world being rebellious was not convenient and I understand that it was a handful uh so it was something I probably felt a lot of shame about and then I was listening to a podcast oddly enough and I heard this really articulate eloquent woman talk about her rebellious tendencies and it instantly gave me permission to just own it and then I decided to just legit own it and create a group where it was okay to rebel whatever it is I love that you asked that because it's interesting how that is a top of uh, one of the biggest topics of conversation initially about when they join rebel tribe is am I a rebel I how, why was I so attracted to it and and uh for me uh, it, rebel came from my own personal journey and I've always kind of tried to cultivate my own way, make my own rules, live mm-hmm. my life by my terms. And so that I align with that. And then tribe was very much to understand like 
the cultural meaning behind it of just reestablishing a connection between women, because I think that is so missing. And especially when we have uh, young kids where we feel very alone or I did. And when you're with other women, like-minded women, and you realize that what you're going through is very common, you almost feel healed by that. It doesn't mean you don't need to address other things, but that connection helps you get through another tough day or whatever it is. It's so critical for women to feel connected. And I think what we're trying to break as rebels is, is just break that archetype of having to do it all and be everything for everybody. You know, it's okay to have a tribe. It's okay to pass your baby off to the next woman if you just need a rest, you know, and I think I'm really trying to bring that kind of mental shift back for women that it's, it's okay to ask for help. You can't be everything to everybody. So let's just stop. Let's just rebel it. Yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned becoming a mom was like, okay, you do not need to do it all on your own. Trying to run a business, trying to be a mom, trying to be like super wife, trying to be a fitness competitor, like trying to do all these things. And it's like, at some point, I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Just ask for help. And then once you start doing it, you realize that like, oh my God, goodness, this is so much easier than trying to be Wonder Woman every day. Right? And you're probably a better mother. You are. You are. You're a better everything. (laughs) And I that's it is like when you realize when you refill your cup or you honor that you want to do these things and they're important to you and you didn't have to be lost because you had a child. I mean, it's just you're you're a better human. You're Mm -hmm. better yeah. It's just so important. And I and I think you know, I think we're coming along. I think women are doing a better job of making themselves a priority. I see them in my clinic. I definitely see them making an effort to get healthy and it's very inspiring. So we're coming along, but we really want to have that platform or that place for women to learn that it's okay. Cause some women are really afraid to leave that kind of archetype. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you're doing that. And I love just the way that you're showing up and the things that you're doing, Michelle. So is there any other big projects that you want to share with our audience while we're on our call? No, I think that's my my biggest thing right now. And uh, yeah, we do community acupuncture as well, if anybody is locally. So we our clinic is really focused on uh, providing good quality health care at a lower cost if we can and uh, and creating community. So we do oh, really cool yeah. things there. Yeah. Nice. Now, where can people find you online? So I, uh, you can find me at poppyclinic.com and the Poppy Clinic on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, personally, you can find me on Instagram as Dr. Mom ND. Cool. Yeah. And we end every episode of the podcast with one question. And that is, how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered. I think as this community health is growing, I think I want to be a part of the solution in terms of um, bringing back the community, the collective. So, you know, having women share wisdom and help supporting each other and lifting each other up versus other ways of interacting with women. So, yeah. Mm, I love it. That's absolutely amazing. So thanks again, Michelle. I know that the audience is going to get so much value from everything that you've shared here. And I know we do have lots of local listeners, so I'm very hopeful that some of them may pop into your clinic. And I definitely want to come and check out these cool things that you talked about in today's conversation. And thank you once again. Thank you so much. And I really do hope you come come by sometime. Excellent. Have yourself a good day. 
You too. Thank you. Bye for now. Oh my God, guys, I absolutely love that I get to talk to these amazing, amazing women and share their content with all of you. That was such a great episode. Michelle was such a rock star and I absolutely love everything that she shared and just some of those methods that she suggested trying. I'm definitely gonna give them a go. I'm in a state of recovery, as many of you guys know, coming off a of contest prep. It's been a couple of weeks now. Just kind of getting back into my groove. I would say I feel, I'm gonna say 75% better, to be 100% honest. Like, I have been, like not necessarily all that perfect with my recovery slash reverse dieting method. Uh, we had my fiance's 30th birthday. We also had a group photo shoot this weekend for a bunch of my clients. So yeah, I've had a bunch of untracked things going on just living in the moment. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm totally, totally okay with it. So with all of that being said, all of those things have been helping. I've been spending a little bit less time in the gym and that's been helping as well. We're coming off of a long weekend here in Canada. Actually, maybe in the States too. I don't know if you guys celebrate this May 2-4 long weekend thing, but anywho, we're coming off of a long weekend and uh, yeah, ready to get back into the gym and, and crush it heading into this week. Like I said in last week's podcast, we're ready to really get into recovery diet mode, which is going to be eating more food, training less, sh shifting some focus into business projects and wedding planning and all of that sort of thing. So yeah, time to start feeling really fantastic again. Time to put my energy into the other things in my life that really deserve the attention uh, as well. So that's gonna be it for me this week, guys. As always, know that I appreciate the fact that you guys tune in. And if you like today's episode and you got another gal in your life that you know needs this support and needs to know about hormonal health, please do share it with her. This is definitely information that I think more people need to know about. Women often suffer in silence and have no idea what in the world is going on within their body just because they've never been taught about it. So certainly share it with somebody if you know that it's something that they would appreciate. And if you liked today's episode, or maybe you totally hated it, it's always great to know. So head on over to iTunes and let me know by leaving an honest rating or an honest review. It's always great to know what you guys are liking and what's resonating for you. So that's it from me, guys. Have an amazing week. I love you, I appreciate you, and thank you for tuning in.